You know, I've done a bit of gardening in all the various places where I've lived. And in all the different places, I've experienced all kinds of soil, ranging from clay mixed with soil to sandy soil to really rich, dark black soil and even the, the rocky soil. And as any gardener will tell you, that soil makes all the difference. In fact, there was, there was one year where I decided I wasn't going to do much for gardening and I hardly planted anything. And yet I still ended up with quite a large crop. And that's because it was growing in the, probably the best soil of any garden, the mulch pile. Uh, soil can really make a big difference in what you have for a crop. And that can be true regarding the spiritual picture as well. Today we consider Matthew chapter 13 and we see Jesus describing different types of soil in which the gospel seed is sown. And as we look at that, we'll see that the simple sowing of the gospel seed produces a crop. Jesus had been rejected by many of his listeners recently. In Matthew 13, we see he had just been called someone who is of the devil and a liar. And yet Jesus had those who did listen to him. And so he goes on to explain why this is as he speaks of different types of soil, something the, the people were probably familiar with. Only he's helping them to understand a bigger spiritual picture. The first type of soil he describes that a seed is sown is along a path where there's birds that come along and snatch up that seed. Jesus opens this up to the spiritual picture and explains that the, the seed, which of course is the gospel, the message of God's forgiving love and peace through Christ. When that gospel seed is sown, sometimes the enemy, the devil, comes along and he snatches away that seed before it even has the chance to take root. Maybe you've experienced this in your life. Have you seen people receive the gospel message, they hear it, but before they can even ponder it or consider it, it's already snatched away. You see, the gospel always has the potential, always has the ability to produce new life. But sometimes it doesn't even get a hearing. There's no cultivation. The seed is already taken away before anything can be done. That's what the devil does when he takes that message and he distracts people away from listening to the word. They hear this message and they say, well, that may be true for you, but I'm not going to, why should I listen to that? And they don't even give the gospel a hearing. And so where there could be life, there is none. Jesus presents another type of soil. He speaks of the, the seed which is sown in the rocky place, a place that we're probably familiar with in this region, where there's a lot of rocks and there's not much depth for soil, and where the sun can come out and quickly dry up the plants. Jesus explains, this is like the person that receives the soil, but there's no room in their heart for the gospel to continue to grow. Initially, the, the gospel causes them to be excited and they, they grow in faith. You've probably witnessed this. When someone hears the gospel message, it has the ability to produce life. The person who first receives it might say, you mean this is all a promise of God? That my, my sins are taken away? That I'm at peace with him? That my God loves me and he has a plan for me? And that you're telling me this is all found in his word? Such a person can come to faith even if they're in a rocky place. 
The gospel produces life even in the most unexpected and harshest of environments. And yet, if that seed does not take root, when trials come, when troubles come, it can cause that faith to be withered, fruitless, and even soon dead. You've probably seen this too, where where someone has the gospel, they're excited about it, they're growing in faith, but when trials come into their life, they start to wonder, does God love me? And they might be told messages such as, God works all things for your good, and yet when trials and suffering come, they wonder, does this work for my good, God? And soon their faith is withering and dying because they have not taken root. This can take place when a Christian doesn't give room for the gospel in their hearts. They might give enough room to say, well, I'll I'll learn it and I'll listen to it, but they don't dig deep into it and meditate and ponder those words. Maybe a, a Christian parent might bring their child to be baptized and say, well, give them the gospel, but they fail to continue to bring them to God's word and teach them the word. How long will that faith last? Every gardener knows that a garden left on its own can easily die under a hot day and a scorching sun, especially if it's not been given time to take root. Maybe a Christian might say, well, I I brought my child to formal training in the gospel and I brought them to something like confirmation class, but is a hundred classes, as it sometimes often only is, is that enough for a lifetime of remaining in faith? And a Christian might come to faith, be instructed, and whatever it might be, might cause them to wither and die. Brothers and sisters, just as we might sometimes allow the devil to snatch the seed away from us as we don't give time for the gospel, maybe if we don't dig into the word, we too might recognize our faith is weakening. When the gospel doesn't grow in a heart and take root, what will happen when hard times come into your life? The Christian who does this has what might be termed a superficial or shallow faith so that when trials and suffering comes or persecution, they easily fall away and remain fruitless and soon dead. How will your faith stand when the next trial comes your way? How will it stand if you don't and you fail to allow the gospel to take root in your heart and to mature and grow in the gospel? But Jesus presents another type of soil. This one too, notice the gospel has the ability to produce life, and it does. The new life that comes with the gospel is found as the person takes hold and grows, but eventually is choked. This is the seed that's sown among the weeds. Jesus brings us to the spiritual picture, and he describes it as a person who grows and comes to faith, but the seed that has started to grow is choked by the worries of this life and the deceit of wealth. On the one hand, there's the the worries of this life that is struggling to wonder, am I going to have what I need? So maybe I don't have time right now to dig into God's word. Maybe I don't have time to meditate on that or focus my energy or to spend any effort. But maybe I need right now to focus more on my needs Isn't worry, when it comes down to it, the very opposite of faith, which is trust in God, to love, to provide? Chasing after all the worries of this world and 
struggling under the pressures of life can cause us to push aside what is truly needed, the gospel. And soon the Christian will find themselves fruitless because they're so worried about some concern that they're no longer feeding their faith. Or there's the other, the opposite danger of extremes, the deceit of wealth. Maybe the deceit of wealth comes along as the Christian first thinks, well, it's not so bad, I just need this to feel comfortable. Or I I want this so I'm more secure. And pretty soon it becomes, "I, I must have this to be happy, comfortable, secure. And the deceit of wealth takes hold as the Christian is grounded and rooted in trust in this world rather than the seed of the gospel and trust in their God. And putting all their efforts and all their times into cultivating wealth in this world soon has them deceived because it will not stand and it will not last. And their faith is fruitless and soon dead. Brothers and sisters, this can happen to any Christian as well. The idea that if you have all the things that you need, you'll be okay, can cause a Christian to turn aside from the one thing needful and the true treasure of God's word. You know, when you look at all this, when you see how the seed that's the gospel can be snatched, how the seed can be scorched, and the new life can be suffocated, you begin to wonder, Why do we even work with this? Why do we even bother to spread the gospel when three times so far we've seen ways that it becomes fruitless and even amounts to sometimes nothing? Why does a Christian operate its ministry to spread this gospel seed if this is what happens? Why was Jesus there spreading the gospel to these people who were calling him a liar? Why operate Christian schools? Why operate Christian ministry? Why do mission work when this is what happens when the gospel's sown? And we certainly could become discouraged. I'm sure you've witnessed these different seed soils and responses to the sowing of the seed. But Jesus mentions and shows us that the simple sowing of the word not only produces life, it produces a crop and a fruitful harvest. That fourth seed he mentions is important. It lands in the soil And it produces a harvest, a hundred, sixty, thirty times what was sown. And you know what? The the amount doesn't matter. What matters is the gospel produced life. And with that new life, it also produced multiple fold fruit and harvest. The Christian who hears God's word and remains in that word will produce fruit. And don't misunderstand. Jesus isn't saying, be a good soil, produce fruit, because then you'll be a Christian. No, the amount of fruit does not matter. Whether it's 160 or 30 times, some Christians produce so much fruit, some maybe less. It's all according to the gifts that God has given in their life. But it's not the fruit that matters. It's that the seed that was sown, all of its own power, produced new life and produced fruit. And when it does produce new life and produce fruit, it does so in abundance. It is worthwhile to sow the seed, though it may be at times by the devil snatched, and though it may at times be scorched by the worries of this life, and though at times it may even be suffocated by the deceit of wealth in this world. That gospel always has the power to produce life, 
to produce life. And that gospel produces abundant fruit and a crop when it is sown. Jesus says here not, be a good soil. Rather, he says, he who has ears, let him hear. You know, I used to think that this just meant that everyone needs to hear the gospel. And that's true. This gospel seed is to be sown into all the world. The message of the love of God and Jesus is to be spread to everyone that you meet. It doesn't matter what soil they're in or on or what their hearts appear to be. The gospel has power. But Jesus says, he who has ears, let him hear. Not just to let us know everyone should listen, but that when the gospel's sown, to really listen to it, to take it to heart, to ponder it, to let that gospel seed take root in your heart. Because when the gospel grows and the gospel takes root, it doesn't matter if there's dangers of the attacks of the enemy. He can't snatch that which is deeply rooted, the power of the gospel. And when the scorching sun, that is the trials of this life, come into your life, if you have the gospel and it's rooted and you have grown in faith, it doesn't matter what trial comes your way, you can say, my God loves me by the power of his gospel, which has given you new life. And when the deceit of wealth comes to pull you away from your God or the worries of life come to choke that faith, you can stand strong with a gospel that has taken root and not only stand strong against all these dangers, but produce a fruitful life all to God's glory. Jesus was speaking these words to all different kinds of soils, some who had rejected him, but also some who had produced fruit. Because God designs that when his gospel seed is sown, it produces life. It is worthwhile to carry out Christian ministry. It is worthwhile for you to share that word with your friends and to spread the gospel seed. Because when it's sown, that simple gospel message does produce life. And according to God's working and his plan, it will produce fruit many fold for those in whom it has taken root. Brothers and sisters, sow the gospel seed. Sow it knowing that God wants you to take root and to delve into his word, to allow that word to grow and have room in your heart, and also to spread that seed so it might take root in the hearts of many others. And as it does so, we see the working of our God, the life of faith. Jesus, the Son of God spread this gospel and he spread it as he came to this world. His heart was a perfect heart. It was a perfect soil that the devil could never snatch faith away from. And as he walked, he faced the worries of this life and the temptations of this world and the scorching heat of persecution. But it could not deter him because he came to sow that gospel seed to spread that good news of new life and the promise of forgiveness. And by laying his life in the dust, he planted a, a crop uh, to receive a harvest which would be millions and million times fold what was sown. The church, the kingdom of our God. And that there might be a harvest for God's kingdom, a fruitful harvest, won by the blood of Christ who laid down his life to rescue us. And it's the living Jesus who invites you and I who have ears to now listen 
to ponder his word, to set down deep roots in that word, and to sow that seed, because it's with that simple gospel truth, that simple gospel seed, that a fruit, a harvest, is produced. Amen.